Hello, everybody. My name's Tori, and you guys are in a workshop about how to not have awkward meetups. So uh, who here hates awkward situations? Raise your hand. Okay, not surprising. That's probably why you came here. Uh, who here does everything they can to avoid awkward situations? Raise your hand. Okay, less, less. Okay, that's pretty good. So many people I know, including myself, dislike awkwardness and structure their lives around avoiding it. In fact, uh, some of you might have almost not come to focus this week out of fear of awkwardness. And um, there's lots of reasons why meeting up with people could be awkward. Sometimes it's the situation, sometimes it's the person. But as I thought about it, I realized that Awkwardness is actually a feeling, and that's why something feels awkward. It's not objectively awkward. And, and, and I think that's something important to realize. It's not something like, this room is cold. It's objectively cold. We can look at a thermostat, and it's under 32. It's not actually under 32 in here, but that's an objective temperature. Or... Um, it, we, we feel objectively like a situation might be awkward, but it's, it's a feeling. That's why a little two-year-old can pick their nose and not, it's not awkward because they don't feel awkward about it. Or a teenager with their mom is like, mom, stop doing that. This is so embarrassing. The mom's like, I don't, why are you making a big deal? This is not awkward. It's because awkwardness is a feeling. And so for our brief time today, we're going to talk about this idea of feeling awkward. And we're going to look at some ways to consider how to feel a little less awkward. There's some, I think, common situations, particularly in our culture, that we can feel awkward in. And I think there's some ways that we can help to avoid that. So if you haven't located it already, I think we're on page 29 and 30 in your outline. And we're going to look through these, we're going to move quickly through these five things to do to help feel less awkward. Know your goal, believe the best, bring clarity, be humble, and trust God. So let's just jump in. Sometimes things feel awkward when we don't know why we're meeting up. What do I even mean when I say meet up? So let's, let's make sure we're on the same page with what I mean before meet up, before we know how to not be awkward about it. So uh, some of you intuitively might be thinking about this idea of discipleship, which isn't exactly a word that's in the Bible, but it's a concept that's through the whole Bible. The author of Hebrews explains it this way. It's right there on your outline. In Hebrews 10, it says, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here we see the word meet. Do you see that? Don't neglect to meet together as is the habit of some, but stir one another to love and good works. This is the goal of meeting up. If we were to study this passage in its context, we would clearly see that love and good works is not simply about doing good things or being a moral person. We would see that these meetups are intended to stir us up to love God and do the things that he has called us to do. 
When Christians meet up, it can quickly get awkward when we don't know why we're meeting up. Hebrews 10 says it pretty simply. We're meeting together to stir people to love God and live for Christ. This is your goal. That is my goal when I talk to anybody, whether they're a Christian or not. I wanna stir them to love and live for God. And this can be done by explicitly asking them about their relationship with God or by simply loving them like Christ would love them. But you have the goal in mind. I'm loving them because I wanna stir them to love God. I'm asking about the relationship with God because I'm stirring them to love and live for God. When we are unclear about what we are doing when we meet with people, us and the people we're meeting with are very, very likely starting to feel uncomfortable and feel awkward. So let me give you an example. We feel this all the time when two people start liking each other. Uh, particularly, I'm talking about a guy and a girl here. And, and they're like going out and they're eating a meal and they're like, is this a date or is this not a date? The uncertainty is unsettling and it makes the situation feel awkward because they're not sure what the goal is. What are we doing here? What's the point of our time? And the same thing is true with lots of situations, including meetups. So the first thing we do to make meetups feel less awkward is to know the goal. Let's move on to the second one. Believe the best. Sometimes things feel awkward when we believe that people don't wanna meet with us. Often, much of our fears of awkwardness are the result of the stories that we tell ourselves about the people we wanna meet up with. These stories go something like this. Ah, they'll be uncomfortable. I don't want them to think that they're a project. I don't know if they even like me. I'm just gonna be a burden to them. The list of our stories can go on. We make up these stories and all the reasons why this person would never wanna meet up with us. And we avoid and we avoid and we avoid. And then finally we muster up the courage to have them come in and meet up and we explode and we say, hey, do you wanna meet? And we feel awkward and then they feel awkward because we feel awkward. And the person most likely recognizes your anxiety and it increases the uncomfortableness of the situation altogether. What we need to do is we need to stop telling ourselves these stories that people don't wanna meet with us and start believing the story that Jesus tells us. Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Do you believe that? Let's look at the scripture that says that there. It's there in your outline. Jesus says in Matthew 9, and Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus was just walking around and teaching and preaching. And what did he see? He saw people who harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He then uses this farming metaphor to press his point further. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Now, I honestly have like no idea what farmers do or how farming works, but I understand it like this. 
The crop has veggies. We need people to pick them. And we're sitting here like, the veggies, do they really want to be picked? I don't know. Are they really veggies? Like, I don't want to be a bother to these vegetables. No, stop. Jesus says the problem isn't that people don't want to talk about God. He says that there's not enough people to talk to them about God. So we need to stop assuming people don't want to meet and talk about God with us. It feels awkward when we assume that people don't want to talk about God. That assumption is wrong. Assume the opposite. Assume what Jesus says is true. Assume that people want to talk to you about God and then go confidently ask them. Believe the best. Believe that people do want to talk about God. Let's move on to the third thing. Bring clarity. Sometimes things feel awkward when it feels like we have a hidden agenda at a meetup. So you now, with the other things we just talked about, you now know your goal and you decided, okay, people probably want to meet. The next, next natural step is to tell the people, the person you're meeting with, why you're meeting with them, what your goal is. Communicate it to them. Just like you can't read other people's minds, other people can't read your mind. It can feel uncomfortable and awkward when you have a goal for the time and the other person doesn't know that goal and they're left to try to guess and wonder, why are we meeting? What are they trying to do? Are we gonna pray here? What's happening? So you need to tell them what you're thinking. Let me give you some examples of how you can do this. Text them when you're gonna ask them to hang out and say, hey, I would love to get together and hear what you're learning at DCF this semester. And then when you actually sit down with them, be clear, tell them what you're hoping to, to, how you're hoping to use the time. Thanks so much for getting together. I was hoping to hear how you're doing and maybe, maybe really read the Bible together. I'd love to read the Bible together and pray for you. Do the, I do this at the beginning of every semester when I meet up with people regularly. I sit down with them and I say, I would love to use our time together this semester in two ways. I'd love to help you grow personally in your relationship with the Lord. And I would love to help you grow in reaching other people with the, Lord, uh, with the gospel and, and growing in ministry. What do you think? And I get their, their input on what they think, how they wanna use the time. And uh, sometimes maybe I'm not meeting regularly with that person. So maybe just me a one-off meeting uh, or the first time I'm meeting with them, I'll still try to bring clarity. I'll say, thanks so much for meeting. I'd love to hear about your religious background and also share a little bit about mine. What do you think? Sometimes I'll even bring them to that Hebrews 10 passage that I shared with you earlier. And I'll say, this is my goal. I just wanna stir you up to love and live for Jesus. That's what I'm tending to do when I meet up with you. This can help people feel at ease because you and them both know what to expect of the time. There's no hidden agenda. They are not left guessing why you're meeting with them. It brings clarity. Let's move on to number four, be humble. Sometimes things can feel awkward when we think too much about ourselves. Let me say that again. Sometimes things can feel awkward when we're thinking too much about ourselves, 
And it feels awkward either because we feel like we need to know all the answers or we think we have all the answers. Both people have the same problem. They're thinking too much about themselves. Either they're thinking too much like, ah, oh, I don't have the answers. I can't answer these people's spiritual questions. Or they think, ah, oh, I'm glad they're finally meeting with me because I have all the answers and I can tell them everything about God and living for God. Both people are thinking about themselves. They have the same problem. It's okay if you don't know all the answers because it's not about you. It's about God and God is at work. And it's not okay if you think you have all the answers all the time because it's not about you. It's about God and God is at work and he knows better than you. Romans 12, three says it like this. I think it's there on your outline. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Do you see what Paul's saying here? It's by the grace given to us that we shouldn't think too highly of ourselves. We can and we should view ourselves and our shortcomings with honesty and sober judgment because it's God's grace and what God has assigned that we lean on and we don't lean on ourselves and our skills. It is God who works through us, not us who work in others. And that means it's okay if we don't know all the answers. And that means that we aren't the one who knows all the answers and that we are just instruments in God's hands. I've been in both of these situations and it's been felt pretty awkward in both of these times. I remember meeting with someone when I was in college and uh, they had a lot of really hard questions about suffering. And I was a really baby Christian. I really didn't know any answers to why suffering existed at the time. And I felt really awkward. And instead of just humbly saying, I don't know, why don't, why don't we pray about this together? I changed the subject. <laughs> I didn't know the answer and I felt awkward. And so I changed the subject and thought, why am I doing this? I can't do these things. There was another time I swung to the opposite extreme. I had just come off the DMX internship, summer internship with disciple makers. And I thought I knew everything. I was the expert. And I was regularly meeting with a good friend and she eventually told me how uncomfortable our time had been every week because I had all the quick fix, know-it-all answers to every single thing she would ever say. Both situations felt really awkward. Why? Because I made myself the center of the situation and, and not the Lord. This is why we often can feel awkward meeting with our peers because it feels like we're making ourselves better or lesser. But that's, that's not how discipleship should feel. We don't want our meetings to be expert in a student dynamic. No. I have a quote here right at the top of your outline. It's simply meeting together with other people is Christians being one beggar telling the other beggar where he found bread. And I love that quote because we're both beggars pointing to where bread is found, and that is the Lord. We're on the same level here. We want our meetings to be 
collaborative. Our meetups to be collaborative. Both of us are working together to grow in our relationship with God. We should often ask, what do you think? Do you think that's a good idea? And we should feel free to often say, I don't know, how about we pray about it? We aren't the source of life, but we know the source of life. It starts to feel awkward when we try to or we expect ourselves to be the source of life. So let's move on to our fifth and final point, to trust God. Sometimes things feel awkward when we don't identify our fears. Sometimes we are fearful about meeting up with people and we mistake our fears with awkwardness. Some of us might fear, what if I fail? Or what if this person rejects me? What if, fill in the blank, worst case scenario happens? And I think we can, we can take comfort in this. The night before Jesus' death on the cross, he comforts his disciples, who he's about to send out to make disciples. And this is the final thing he tells them. He says, right there, I wrote it. It's John, in John 16, he says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This world is full of hardship and rejection and failure will be inevitable. But we can take heart too because Jesus faced the ultimate rejection from God. And the consequence and the failure he never committed, he took by dying on the cross for our failure and our sin. He defeated sin and death so that those who believe in him will be spared from the rejection and the wrath our souls deserve. Instead, we're given victory and help as we, in faith, reach out and meet up with people. So we can meet up with people in faith because God has called us to. He's gonna equip us to what he has called us to. And, and you will face tribulation. There will be times you feel awkward or the person you meet with will feel awkward, but take heart. Trust God. He has overcome the world. So hopefully these five things help you to feel a little more equipped and feel a little less awkward. I'm gonna pray and that's gonna be the end of our time together. Lord, I thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins and our failures. I pray that you help us to trust you and to um, believe your word and to use us as, as ambassadors for you in this world. We pray all these things in your name, amen.